0: My ladies, and everybody else here not sitting on a cushion!
1: Well, we have a rather curious subject this morning. To study our heritage from the past is not simply a waste of time, because most of that heritage is still with us. I think it's it's important to live life with a knowledge of its mystery, and of your own mystery, and it gives life a, a new a new balance, a new harmony to do this. The human
0: story is much more complicated and much more mysterious than we've been taught. We need to wake up as a human species. We need to become our own leaders. This
1: is, in my view, the next step forward. When people find out what it is that's ticking in them, they get straightened out. We can win the fight, but we can win a little every day. And every day when we make the smallest victory, there will be a little more of happiness and a little less of pain. Every day, one step forward, even a small decision, will strengthen us for another one tomorrow. And gradually, these right decisions will bring us enlightenment and companionship in the spiritual adventure of existence. What's up, guys? Welcome to Wayfinder. Thank you for coming back to check in on us and see how things are going. Got an awesome episode for you today. We're meeting with a really cool, cool guy named Stephanos Sifondos. Stefanos is uh, this awesome guy that I found through an organization that he's affiliated with called the Sacred Sons. and They're all about uh, masculine alchemy and balance and just helping to heal the world by bringing men back to their center uh, into this father archetype role. Just make men better versions of themselves and restore the uh, the properly balanced man, right? And we're kind of living at a time where uh, nowadays we've got some really hyper effeminate men that are like doing some crazy shit and I'm open about my thoughts on that. And then we have like the usual toxic masculinity kind of thing going on. But I think that we're getting to a, to a place where men are beginning to find balance or at least a big, um, a, a substantial piece of the, of the population of men is starting to find their path and realize that there is a balanced way to be a man, um, and, and engage yourself in the, in manly things, connect with nature, you know, be a, be a balanced, strong person physically, mentally, spiritually, but still to be soft and to being in, in, in connection with your emotions and to be able to be warm and loving and compassionate and, and, and these kinds of things. So Stephanos and the Sacred Sons, they're on the front line of all that. Now, you don't have to be a man uh, or a male or to own a dick to enjoy uh, and, and gain and benefit from this episode. This is actually something that if you've got a man in your life, it's a great episode for you to listen to. Um, but to be honest, man, it's really this episode is, is probably 10 or 15% about men. The rest of it is just about people and balance and love and all these other kinds of things that I think uh, anybody can benefit from, right? So I, I don't ever, like, I struggle with this from an identity standpoint sometimes. Like, I, I don't want this this show to ever become um, a, a, a masculine empowerment thing or a men's show or something like that. Um, you know, I don't know where it's going to head in the future, but we, we have about a 60-40 blend from what I can tell. Uh, from the uh, the social media uh, diagnostics or analytics or whatever. We've got like a 60-40 gender blend. Not counting however many other genders outside of the natural two are listening. I don't know. Um, if they were listening, they're probably not listening after that comment, but that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's about men, women, people, parents. This show is really something for Everybody uh and it's uh, it's a great episode it was it was awesome getting to to meet Stephanos and talk with him and um you know it, just to share uh I would say share space share virtual space with somebody with that kind of energy and um so i hope you guys enjoy it now uh quick house cleaning before we get kicked off uh if you haven't already subscribed please do to whichever platform you prefer but if you're listening to this good chance you probably already have uh but if not go subscribe uh we're on all the all the platforms you can think of the easiest way to find the one that you like the best is just go to wayfinderpodcast.com wayfinderpodcast.com it's got links to all the platforms it'll just take you right there so if you click on the youtube icon at the website it'll just take you right to our channel on youtube you and go right there find whichever podcast you want to listen to but uh turn on turn on the notifications so that whenever we post a new video or a new, a new audio track, a new podcast drops, you get notified. So I know YouTube does that. Uh, I probably need to be a little bit more familiar uh, with the other platforms, but I know YouTube does that. So especially if you listen to YouTube, go on there and make sure that you uh, click the button for notifications. Also on wayfinderpodcast.com, you can go on there and you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to Patreon on the website. So please do that. Um, you know, I, I hate saying this all the time, but I, I feel like I, I've got to, and it seems to be helping uh, drive some, some people to the Patreon. But we do fund this out of the goodness of our own hearts, for whatever that's worth, and, uh, and our own wallets. So when we, uh, you know, building the studio and, and setting all, all all the equipment up and then flying around the country to go meet people, and, uh, you know, we were in Austin last week uh, down at Onnit, um, uh, at the Onit gym, uh, talking to some of those guys down there for the podcast, and we're going to be in California uh, this week later on this week. Uh, we're bringing uh, Jeff Sullivan, the amazing, brilliant visionary artist, into the uh, the studio tomorrow for two days worth of podcasting and then going out to uh, hanging out with Brandon Beecham and the guys from Positive Head podcast and the optimistic um, uh, late night conscious show talk show out in Venice Beach, California. So we're doing all this stuff to bring you guys content because we genuinely believe that we're helping people and we're getting the feedback that says that we are. But uh, anything you can do, if this podcast does anything for you as a parent, as a person, as a friend, as a human being, uh, son, daughter, partner, whatever it may be, You know, you can go on there. I think there's like a three dollar option per month. There's there's a a five or a ten or something, and there's a twenty or a fifty, a hundred bucks. So if there's any any uh, filthy rich people out there that we have helped you out in some way, you know, feel free to holler at your boy, throw us throw us a little C note every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Um, Really appreciate that stuff. So uh, we do this for you guys. We do this because we want to help people. So JC and I both, um, this is what we. What we look forward to is sharing our diaries with you guys, sharing our journey with you guys, and and sharing the things that have helped us, things that have helped other people, and sharing space, either physical or virtual, with uh, incredible entities like Stephanos Sifandos. So uh, please share this with all your friends, all your family, anyone that can benefit from this. This is going to be a great episode. I loved putting it together for you. And um, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Again, we really appreciate that stuff. Um, and also, comments and, and uh, likes. We love that stuff. Uh, particularly comments. I really love hearing about when we say something that clicks with you guys. So any comments that you can leave, any feedback on any of the channels, especially on, on like the Apple uh, podcast and stuff like that, we really, really appreciate the comments because that helps us get get bumped up so we can reach the top of the algorithms and we can help more people. So if we've done anything to help you or even just to entertain you or say something fucking interesting, it only helps everybody, helps us, helps you, helps everybody uh, by bumping us further up, further up the algorithm so more people get access to the show and so everybody fucking wins and it's great. So uh, do that. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Without further ado, Stefano Stefandos. On the wayfinder podcast all right man welcome to wayfinder how are we doing today stefanos
0: good brother i'm so happy to be here
1: man thank you for joining us uh we've got uh stefanos stefandos with us today stefanos is a coach a believer of tribe student of the gita obsessed with sacred union an empower of men and my favorite a bridge between the known and the unknown what a kick-ass bio man i love that bridge between the unknown and the fucking and the known that's uh what a beautiful way to put it and a student of the gita too good stuff Mm. big Uh, fan
0: man i've got literally three versions here right now i put one of my favorites it's a really beautiful version
1: oh wow that is beautiful yeah
0: and and aesthetically beautiful and and also just um i mean obviously viewers can't see this but uh, aesthetically beautiful and just full of wisdom in terms of the the interpretation as well um interpret the interpretation of this man here so yeah really beautiful
1: why don't we uh, talk, <laughs> t- talk a little bit about what what uh well first of all I guess well I want to hear about what the Gita is I want you to explain to 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 listeners and viewers who may not know what the Gita is to under- understand the 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 import of of what that what yeah. that work is um but first just want to kind of throw out there how I found you and a little bit about who you are um and so I found you through the the Sacred Sons Mm. I uh, came across uh, the Sacred Sons. I think somebody sent me a post on Instagram and was like, hey, have you heard of these guys before? And the Sacred Sons is a group that you're affiliated with. I'll let you talk about that and kind of, because I'm not even sure exactly what your affiliation is, but I can't wait to hear. Um, the uh, The Sacred Sons is a group of guys that they do masculine alchemy and all kinds of uh, of, of, of masculine empowerment and healing and mm. sort, of, sort of restoring this father warrior archetype um, yeah. to try to make the world a better place, which is something that, um, anybody who follows this show knows that I'm a big believer and advocate yeah. of that uh, that bringing back together the wholeness of of the masculine and feminine. So um, I found you through the Sacred Sons, and I started following you on Instagram and just listening to your messages about uh, about relationships, relationship with yourself, relationship with your significant other, with your family, with friends, with the rest of the mm-hmm. world. And um, I think, like anybody who finds your uh, finds your message they're going to find it to be compelling and beautiful and, and uh, empowering and important so appreciate that thank uh, you. well thank you for all the work that you do and so um that's what led me to you that's what impressed me about you and uh then just seeing the, the energy and the, the the sincerity and the authenticity that you bring to the table uh it's just it's fucking monstrous i love it so uh i wanted to have you on the show and you're here and i'm so thankful for it so thank you for hopping on here
0: Likewise brother very humbled by your by your kind words and, and I share the same sentiment really happy to be here and just really man I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to connect with like-minded like-hearted people like yourself and <clears throat> And just jam, and just share ideas, explore new ways of being, speak to some of the old stuff, you know, get confused and, and and go down a path, and say, well, I don't actually know the answer to this, but let's explore it. I love that, man. I mean, that's a that's a gift. I think that many of us don't have in modern times. I think we had that in ancient cultures. You, know, you look at the Greeks, you look at the symposium, you look at the ancient Indians, you look at Mesopotamia, you look at the these ancient cultures and how they structured their lives, and a big part of it was getting together in groups smaller and larger groups yep. and discussing the cosmos discussing reality discussing and connecting to intellectually but also from place of heart what does it mean to be human i mean that's I mean, you, you asked about the Gita before. I mean, the Gita is a compelling story told through parable, told through story about what does it mean to be human? What is this human experience? What is reality? What is life? Like, that's what the Gita is essentially about.
1: And it's an ancient Indian, uh, writing, yeah. right? Yeah, so, right? ancient Sanskrit. It's yeah. Sanskrit, right? So yeah. it's uh, part of the, the the it's the Bhagavad Gita is what it yes. is. And it's a part of yeah. the Mahabharata, right?
0: Correct, and it's also part the 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 ethos and the philosophy is part of Advaita Vedanta, um, or Vedantic text at the least. Anyway, it's some I suppose some not con, uh, uh, what's the word it starts with C um, contention. Some contention around is it, is it non dual Vedanta, is it dualistic Vedanta, but it's anyway it's, it's vetted in. Invested in Vedantic philosophy, gotcha. um, which come yeah it comes from a, a group of people. the Upanishads, thousands of years ago. It's just beautiful wisdom, man. Beautiful wisdom. You
1: yeah, know, well, it's coming from a, a time when, and I'm a big believer that uh, that all of the the mythologies of the world and all the yes. religions of the world. Um, you know, there's uh, there's so many rivers, but they all reach the sea, right? Joseph Campbell,
0: man. Yeah. Joseph, you familiar with Joseph yeah, Campbell? Yeah.
1: He- Hero of a thousand faces, right?
0: Yeah. Cross cultural mythologist for me you know, he laid the foundation for, you know, the hero's journey, obviously the, 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 the various archetypes and, and just really, he, he, in my opinion, just bridged the gap between difference, man. When you really go deep into his work, there's so many similarities in our humanity and it just, it cannot be neglected. We cannot deny that. I think more of us need to read his work and really immerse ourselves in it.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think that there's an interesting thing that, that, That joseph campbell and anyone who's sort of a comparative you know religions uh, student or a scholar like yourself or myself or a lot of people who follow this podcast and um, and do your work too um, is just sort of approaching these these ancient wisdoms and traditions with an open mind right and we have a problem doing that a lot of times nowadays because organized religion has sort of um, they've they've put a lot of chains on um, creative thinking and open-minded thinking about things and there was uh, uh, I was laying in bed last night, and uh, you know the best ideas always come to me when I'm like comfortable and it's like midnight and I'm like trying to go to sleep and I really don't want to get up and fucking write anything down. That's like when all the yep. really good shit happens. Yep. And so <laughs> I'm trying to like one of my big things is I'm really trying to like build up that discipline and maintain that discipline to get up and make a note of that thing instead of just laying there going, no, I'm too fucking lazy. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and uh, so this really interesting synchronicity sort of happened right so I'll tell you I had this idea and it was um, it was we need to wonder more and to think less right mm-hmm. approach life with wonder and curiosity mm-hmm. rather than to form beliefs or thoughts about the world so in my head I think what I've stumbled on this epiphany because I was thinking of something and I said well I I think that the world works like this right I think that this thing works this way <clears throat> and I thought you know what I wonder maybe I should say I wonder if it works like this I wonder if the world works this way instead of I think it works like this And I have a tendency to do that to think in my mind momentarily or otherwise that the world works a certain way, right? I'm always yeah. putting these ideas together. Well, I, th- I think it works like this Well, maybe we should think differently and say I wonder if it works like this and by saying that that way by thinking of it that way it encourages humility curiosity and openness and I think whenever we start to think and speak in those kinds of ways, we encourage the the kinds of openness to to thought about comparative religions, about mythologies, about maybe yeah. there's maybe there's a way that we could find truth in these things instead of going, I, I think that's bullshit. I think that that doesn't work that way. Does that make any sense?
0: Man, it makes perfect sense. The reality is that <clears throat> our humanity today, our social structures today, the way we see ourselves, understand the world, our technologies... Our advancements have been built on wonder and curiosity. Yeah. Think back to the earliest human at some base primal level, he or she, and it was mainly men that were responsible for this, it was mainly males that were responsible for this, thought to themselves, what's beyond this cave? What's beyond this shelter? Yeah. What is it? Now, was it in verbiage? Not necessarily. So I was saying it's a primal. Intuition, primal curiosity to drive, to extend the perimeter of what's safe and to continue to extend, keep extending, keep extending, keep extending. You know, cross continents, cross countries, cross territories, cross continents. Now we're in outer space. Now we're in the deep seas. You know, so this curiosity, this innate wonder wasn't, oh, I think it's like that and I'll let it be. Maybe there's been some level of hypothesis as we've advanced in society, and then we've explored the hypothesis from the scientific method onwards. But beyond that, before that, it was this curiosity that drove us. What's there? What's next? What's available? That's yep. an openness, man. If you're closed down, you're not interested in what's available. You're not interested in what's next. You're not interested in what's over there. Yep. Now, for me, I don't want to take this too much on a tangent. Go there's for a, it. We're all about tangents in here, man. <laughs> But for me, the next wave, you when know, we speak about masculinity and we speak about exploration, we even speak just about humanity. The next wave of humanity, particularly true for men, is there's got to be a parallel between this external exploration. And this internal exploration. So we need to continue exploring space, continue exploring the deep seas, the mountains, new socio- socioeconomic models, new new ways of being and culture, technology, pushing the boundaries on what we're capable of in our external production and creation. And without forsaking that, parallel. Parallel, we need to explore our inner world. We open up our hearts. What does it mean to be an emotional being? What does it mean to be an integrated spiritual being? What does it mean to push the boundaries of our physicalities? We have to go deep within our minds, our belief systems, everything that makes us, our history, our pains, our past, our traumas, that's the inner work. So the inner work has to match the outer work. And that to me is a new evolution of fucking man. And that's where, to me, that's where we're going. That's where I'm going. And that's where, that's where, I, I'm a big believer in if we start taking that path as a mass collective, then mass change starts to occur as well for, in a healthy way. Healthy for me, so I, just, I don't like just throwing out fucking words for the sake of it. Healthy for me is more more inclusivity, not maximum inclusivity, and that's another story, but sure. more inclusivity and more sustainability in our decision making and our action, where we actually care about Big Mama. We care about Mother Earth. We care about the carrying and caring capacity of what fucking sustains us as human beings and what allows us to even have these conversations. That's it. Essentially.
1: That's it. Well, and and that's fuck right on, man. Uh, every bit of it, you know. And <laughs> one of the amazing things about having that realization, having that thought last night, and then I wake up this morning and I check my Instagram, and right there on your fucking story is a quote from Abraham Lincoln right and this is the kind of synchronistic shit that i look for that just the universe winking at me telling me that i'm on the right path right yeah so i'm thinking about open-mindedness and like maybe if we wonder more and think less um i I wake up to this quote from you and this is just tells me that today's gonna be a fucking awesome day uh (laughs) it says i don't know that man uh or i i I don't like that man i must get to know him better must get to know him better yeah i don't like that man I Oh,
0: give me goosebumps, bro! Because I'm going to share something with you, right? Go. And this is, and this is, i um, fucking goosebumps everywhere. And this is part of my practice. There are so many people. Like, first of all, whoever thinks they're not judgmental, either full of shit or actually enlightened. No,
1: no, that's that's, <laughs> that's my that's my take. You're on, right or you're right. wrong,
0: yeah. Yeah, you're either full of shit or you're massively fucking enlightened. Because I see that. Like, I we judge. Like, judgment is a part of the brain. And it's the way we survive. It's discernment, yep. right? But it's how we judge in a socio-cultural context in our relationships and society that defines how we see ourselves, perceive ourselves, feel about ourselves, give and receive love and all the good stuff, right? And so for me, I grew up in massive judgment. Like my father just judged everything highly discriminative, racist, sexist, um, every is you could think of, I can right? I pretty
1: much relate, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I grew up- I'm from up, Texas.
1: Yeah. It's the Australia of the U.S., <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you actually fucking know that too yeah actually. man
1: yeah oh, well, that's why I, that's be- why i always get along with australians we're from texas they you guys yeah. just fucking is what it is same thing yeah. i met some australian friends when we were in sedona this summer uh, yeah. this guy named uh neil anyway you you, you might know him because he's like the number one downhill skateboarder in the world and oh, we just cool. we ended up next to him and his wife in Sedona at this RV park. And we just became friends. And, you know, we were just having the best time. And he was fucking laughing. I was doing my Australian accent, which I'm not going to do at the moment. Come on, man! Uh, at some point, I'm just going to slip into it. Okay, but cool. he, he fucking talked me into it. And we had the best time. But uh, he was like, man, you know, fucking Texan people and Australian people are the same. That's he's like, I finally figured it the fuck out. This is why we get along so well. You know, <laughs> we're raised by a bunch of racist fucking bigots. And we learned how to rise above that. To some extent <laughs> in varying circumstances yeah. but that is man it's it's the truth it's a it's a it's a cultural thing that you know you you kind of i think some people get out of and some people don't but yeah. it's uh you know it, it is a thing anyway go ahead
0: yeah. no i was just speaking of judgment and so i've spent so much of my life undoing this judgment and and it's been a journey man and it still is right and so I own. I take ownership of that. Sometimes, especially depending on where my mood is, I'm I'm really judgmental, and and I look at someone and I say I don't like you, and 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 I don't like what you're about. I don't like the way you're being. Or there's a jealousy in there. Or there's a there's a uh, re- repulsion in there like I'm repelling that person and so what I've been practicing of late and when I say of late it's really the last few years but really what Abraham Lincoln was saying that's why I put the quote was I, I love that and I've, I saw that years ago was okay I don't like you I don't like what you're about and I need to get to know more about that because in essence I'm going to get to know more about me because essentially I'm just projecting on you I'm just projecting on you and what I don't like about you I either I either hating myself or I'm not taking ownership of Yeah. Or it reminds me of something that negative or or painful that happened a long time ago, um, you know, of different people, and it's coming up unconsciously in my in my awareness now, and I need to deal with it. And so I'm really starting to look at that more and more as a practice of, okay, okay, I don't like you. What don't I like about me? What aren't I being in me? What am I? What am I pushing away? Of course, it's a mirror, man. Easy. And the more I do that, man, the more I start falling in love with these, and you know, with particularly men. Because, man, I'm a competitive guy, more competitive with myself than anything else. I want the best for myself. I know when I'm at capacity, when I'm really in or when I'm, I am could do better, I could do more or whatever, I could be sure. more of whatever it is, right? And and looking at other men that I admire, it's really not that I don't like them, it's really that I admire them the majority of the time. And that scares me because it's, it's reflecting an aspect of me, again, that I'm either not owning or that I'm forgetting about or that I need to build up because it's something that I want to build up, but I've been neg- neglecting it because of some fear or whatever. And starting to see life in that way, man, it's actually enriched my current friendships. And I'm very blessed to have amazing friends in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a rarity, man. I'm telling you, as a man, I'm a rarity in this world. The, the length of friendships that I've had, 20 plus years, two that. handfuls, and I'm talking closest to nothing we haven't shared, virtually nothing that we haven't shared. Sure. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a rarity in that. But what I'm also finding now is that I'm, Bonding deeper with people as I'm meeting new people because I'm allowing myself to. Once I get past the resistance, you think that resistance.
1: men? You think that men have a sort of an uh, an innate evolutionary instinct to close down to other men? Is it sort of a tribal, competitive, you know, sort of thing?
0: No, I'm going to say no, and what I'm I'm going to say yes and no, and so there's there's in group and out group, there's intra group and inter group, and so. When you're looking at tribes and you're looking at our evolutionary history, we've grown up in brotherhood. We've grown up um, in small groups of men, generally. You know, we obviously started with maybe just one or two of us, or, you know, with some with some women and children. But that that expanded, and then so what happened is you'd have your group, and it could be five men in there, six men, ten men, twenty men, whatever it may be, and that's your group. And competitiveness existed, but it existed for the sake of your group. Because it was so much about survival. So if you had skills in extending the perimeter, if you had skills in building weapons, if you had skills in in pursuing um, hunting, whatever it may be, everyone knew their role. Everyone knew their place. This thing of self-identity, I don't know who I am and I don't know what I want and this sense of purpose not being something that we can fulfill in modern-day society didn't really exist, I don't believe, in, in older cultures. Yeah. And because we knew exactly what our role was and it was for the sake of our group and we chose to be the best version of ourselves for ourselves and for the sake of our group. Does that mean that the leader wasn't challenged or I'm sure the leader was challenged. However, the focus was more on the community. Then, of course, yeah, if you're fighting for resources and resources are scarce, depending on, again, on the the level of evolution, I'm talking about internal consciousness. You'd either challenge that other group, the intergroup, or you'd you'd merge groups if it made sense. Yep. And so to answer that question, I think it's yes and no. It, it's innate within us, but I think we're more collaborative. From the reading and the research that I've done and as I observe human behavior, I believe we're far more collaborative than competitive.
1: I think I, and- I agree with that, by the way.
0: Yeah. And I in wasn't trying to lead
1: you down there to say that men are assholes innately. No, no, no. no, no. Really quite the opposite. I was thinking yeah, of, you know, exactly. you guys at the Sacred Sons, what you do, a lot of a lot of that is sort of all about
0: inclusivity, brother.
1: Yeah, it's 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 reconnecting men with this ability that we have to to form these brotherhoods. Right. The, Every, single,
0: yeah. the Every importance single one of, of us is
1: sacred yeah, sons. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that we've lost, I think, culturally, uh, as men, certainly growing up in, you know Texas, Australia down here in the south. You know, we're <laughs> we uh kind of raised, like I said, cornfields and bigotry, man. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of toxic macho posturing out in out in the cornfields of North Texas. Um, you know, we grow up uh hunting things and killing things and, and that's that's fine if you're into hunting and all that kind of stuff. But there's there's uh we talk about this a lot amongst a group of men that I'm I'm like you, right? I, I consider myself a rarity in the sense that I have a group of friends that I've had for 20 to 25 years yeah. that we still spend every weekend, almost together with their families. It's epic, man. Yeah. It's beautiful. They all live within 10 minutes of me somehow. Um, yeah. and sort of the universe has just conspired to bring this council of, of men back together. And, um, you know, we, we talk about this about how our upbringing sort of conditioned us in, in a lot of toxic ways. And, Certainly, in some of those ways, you know, it was it was really about suppressing your emotions and 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 dissolving that that contact with your internal workings, right? And then to to build whatever was considered an appropriate sort of barrier between you and other men. There was always this threshold of competition that had to be there, you know. And of course, it wasn't ever positioned that way, and to us, you know, verbally it wasn't ever articulated, but it was just. The, the conditioning that we got from our fathers and from the other men around us, what I think is tremendous about the Sacred Sons and about your work is helping uh, men to realize that you really can't be a badass, healthy male figure until you connect with those inner workings and figure your own shit out. Yeah, that's a big part of
0: it. For me, for me my personal journey, that's a massive part of it. You can have all the external validation and external success you want. Um, and, and, you know, I say that from the perspective that I have now. It's not that I don't. I consider myself externally successful and and externally validated to some extent. And am I, you know, a, um, a, a sense of billionaire? No, I'm not. And and if that if that's you know if we're def- defining external success by the amount of money you, one has, then no, no, I'm not in that place. And maybe if I ever was in that place, talk to me. Then what my thoughts would be. But honestly, I don't think that would change because I'm so inspired. I'm so charged up from this journey. I mean, man, you know, I just spent two back-to-back weekends co-facilitating 250 men and taking them deep into shadow work, deep into exploring their pains and releasing a voice or voices that they haven't been able to release For so long. We're talking about repressed sexual abuse, repressed physical abuse, emotional abuse, things that that has been done to them and acts that they've done out in they've projected out into the world themselves, you know, whether it's been harming their loved ones or harming others or or gangbanging or drugs or still being addicts or whatever it is, man, they've got no outlet. And so this isn't just men. Our culture promotes isolation. So men mm. internalize isolation more. And it affects us at a deeper and different Interesting. level.
1: Interesting. Tell me about that.
0: So traditionally, when we look at how children have been brought up, right, yep. how
1: they've been raised,
0: and, and I'm talking more about the Western model, okay, sure. more about the Western model. Emotional expression has been something that's been repressed in males. Yep. You know, don't cry. You Toughen up. Yep. R- walk, you know, walk it off. It's, a, it's, it's all good. You're okay. And so over you keep hearing that message, you make a connection in your brain and in your mind that it's not really okay to cry and, and that's not what boys do. Or it's not okay, it's not safe to express your emotion. It's suck it up. You know, you don't talk about things that, that hurt. You don't share vulnerability, you don't share openness. Now, I'm gonna caveat something here, you know, it's really important. I'm not a fan or an advocate of just being vulnerable for the sake of vulnerability and vomiting your emotions to anyone and everyone because you want attention or because right. you want validation. I'm talking about sincere emotion that needs to be expressed and repressed. I'll give you an analogy. You cut your leg open, right? To the bone. You put a, a, a turnip on it. What's it called? Like a, a tourniquet.
1: Um, tourniquet, turn, turn, turn a turn, on it. Put a turnip <laughs> on it. You put a, turnip you on put it. a root vegetable right on that motherfucker. <laughs> right. it, every time. <laughs>
0: fucking rub that dirt in there but you put a tourniquet on it you take yourself to hospital it gets stitched up the reality is you struggle if it's a big deep gash and and to the bone you'd struggle to do that yourself you need some help right so hence the relational aspect of our nature and there's a scar there it's visible it's healed but you've dealt with it right emotional wounds are a little bit different we we have an emotional trauma we have an experience that's maybe a sexual abuse or a physical abuse, and there's a deep emotional wounding that's attached to that, and we just fucking suppress it and place it in the recesses of our minds, and we forget about it. We put it in a jar. We turn that jar. We put the jar in a vault. We put the vault in another vault, the vault in another vault, and we bury that shit, right? Yeah. And then we wonder – there was a comedian that said this, and I can't remember who he was. He says, I wonder who's going, who that I love is going to pay for that later. Yeah. Fucking –
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And wow. blown, right? Yeah. Because and that's what we do. And then we we don't have anyone to dig that wounding up, and it shows up. It comes up, and so in psych, psychological theory or, or psychodynamic theory, it comes up in the way we relate. It comes up in our belief systems. It comes up in the way we treat others and treat ourselves. And we don't know why. And we're in this consistent state of discomfort that we're trying to move away from because we we always gravitate towards joy and, and bliss and happiness the more desirable states of being mm-hmm. and so we, we're pressing this sadness this anger this frustration the density the heaviness that we're feeling drugs tv alcohol work holism distractions whatever it may be yet it's still there gnawing at us fucking gnawing at us annoying at us and so what do we do with it and so what the work that i do In the world, and the work that other brothers like me and other sisters like me are doing in the world is saying it's okay for you to feel that stuff that you need to let go of so you can be a grander version of yourself and live in your truth and be authentic with respect to who you can be in the world and not live in misery and pain and suffering that's been neglected for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We have men that are fucking 60 years old coming to these. I have clients that are 60 years old plus that are doing the work now, and it is Better late than never. It is better late than never because now they can show up to their grandchildren in a different way like never before. We have fathers. I have fathers that I work with that now get an opportunity. I mean, this guy come to me, and, and this is not to, to gloat in any capacity because I'm not, I'm not the only one doing this. He came to me, ex-gangbanger, came to me and said, man, you saved my life. Your content, your posts, your videos, you saved my life. Thank you. Thank you. Comes back the next weekend, because he did he went back to back. Comes back the next weekend and telling me a story about how he was with his seven year old girl. She was playing, she was getting dirty, she dropped something. He said, It's okay, it's okay, baby. You just you just keep playing. You keep playing. You be you, you you do you. Papa's got this taken care of. Yeah. And in my mind, I thought to myself, you were changing the fucking course of humanity. Yeah. You, by the choices you're making, by being here, by treating your, your children differently, you're changing the course of humanity because you're not going to bring up, you're not going to raise children that are damaged, that are repressed, that have been abused, screamed, suffocated, screamed at, suffocated. Just You are were, you were, you were raising a generation that is going to be healthier and they're not going to have to spend 10, 20, 30 years undoing shit like we have.
1: Yeah. That's it, you know. We we I, not, I, I say it all the time. Like we're not going to leave the world better than we found it without raising healthier, positive, more, more positive kids. Beautiful,
0: thing to say, man. It's a really beautiful thing to say. I think I may steal that in some capacity and quote you.
1: You got it, brother. <laughs> you got it, man. We're not going to leave the world better than we found it if we don't raise healthier, more positive kids. You know, mindful kids, yes. less traumatized kids. You yeah. know, and I think that that's why. That's why your work stuck out to me, and I know that there, like you say, that there are other people doing the same work that Stephanos is doing. I get that, right? Um, but all of all of you guys at Sacred Sons, all of the other affiliates that you have, all and in fact, I actually found Sacred Sons through um, a female practitioner, uh, yeah. through this really powerful lady that that does this kind of work with yeah. uh, with men and women. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's important um, for anyone listening to this right now uh, or watching this. To know that, you know, if you're dealing with any trauma, if you're dealing with childhood trauma, if you're dealing with abuse, sexual abuse, um, you know, anything. And I think I think a lot of times, we, we, man, I say this a lot, too, like more than anything, human beings have gotten really fucking good at telling themselves that everything is OK. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're 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 better than anything at convincing ourselves that everything's just fine and that we're, <laughs> that we're OK. Um, and so we might think, well, I was never sexually abused, so I'm not traumatized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was never beat I was never beaten by my parents so I'm not traumatized so I must It's just not how it goes. Um trauma is so much broader than that and and not yeah. in this thin-skinned overly sensitive definition this modern liberal definition of trauma. No, in a very real deep fucking psychological sense uh I've seen now, you know, working with with people, even doing the things that I do, helping people with their problems and with their traumas that um it, bl- it blows me away that you know over the last few years of, of, of being on this this path and, and helping people of how broad the scope of trauma really is and and mm-hmm. how um, insidious trauma can be. you know, neglect or coldness from a parent, you know mm-hmm. um, can can just leave people with with crippling relationship problems and self-image problems yeah. and self-love problems that, yeah. that that spiral out into, every relationship they have because your relationship with yourself is the basis for every other relationship that you have. Right. Yep. And your relationship with your parents is a huge part of what your relationship with yourself is going to be. Yeah. So, you know, if for anyone listening and with to others. this yeah, and, and, and with others, so yeah, yeah, for anyone listening to this, you know, if uh, I recommend going and looking for, um, for, for, for a coach, do, do, do one session. I think everybody should do a session with a nutritionist with a personal yep. trainer, um, you know what I mean? With, with with a with a with a therapist, with a with a life coach of some kind, you know, someone who's positive. I I I'm I'm an outspoken advocate for uh, life coaches who have a spiritual bent in, in their work. I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of life coaches out there are probably helping a lot of people, and they're not bringing spirituality to it. But I think that um, bringing, you know, a sensible. Uh, you know, sort of spirituality into your life, I think it's a deeply enriching thing. So go find somebody out there that that can help you with your shit, because you've got shit, whether you realize it or not, it's there, go find somebody to dig it up, (laughs) and help you work that stuff out. I think it's a powerful thing. So, um, you know, as, as, as people, as a society, I'm always, I'm always looking at things, you know, you're a student of the Gita. and, And after this conversation, I think I do have uh, a copy of the Gita at home, and I've got like the Mahabharata and the Ramayana.
0: Get get this one if you start. Okay. Yeah. I'll get I'll, this one I'll if you save. start.
1: I'll save yeah. that. I'll have to screen cap it whenever we're done. Yeah. I'll get yeah. it. Yeah. I will. um You know, I'm 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 a sort of a lifelong student of Hermeticism.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, uh, do I have it here or do I have it behind me? The hermetic way. Oh, where is it? Where is it? No, it's behind me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm man, I'm I'm not just a student of the Gita brother, I'm a student of everything, as as I'm sure you are, you know. Yeah. Really open to all of
1: it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so I'm always looking at things in this sort of this dualistic like the Tao, you know, this sort of dualistic thing, this masculine feminine balance, the light and the dark and all that Mm, good stuff, you mm. know. And when I look at, at society, you know, you can start to see the polarity that's taking place. You know where there's there's like this really far left-brained you know this this condition that I I always talk about where it's like I walk into my kids school right go into my kids school and we've got a we've got a big square building we've got square doorways square floor tiles square ceiling tiles square desks square whiteboards square paper square computer screens everything is fucking square there's not a curved line in this motherfucker anywhere and, you know, if you understand the way that sacred geometry impacts consciousness and the way that geometry impacts consciousness, you know, you look at the old cathedrals and, and, and the Parthenon in yeah. Greece and everywhere that people used to walk, they were just, in, they were shrouded in fucking artwork, you know, the yeah. all the Gothic cathedrals that had sacred geometry just embedded in every aspect of their building, all the measurements of the doorways were all calculated so that they impacted the consciousness in a nourishing and uplifting way uh and sometimes depending on who built the cathedral it was built the opposite way it was built to be disharmonic and stuff but um it's it's an extremely uh left-brained world that we live in even when i look out my window out the studio you know we've got a bunch of blocky square buildings and you know do do you see that those kinds of things have an impact on people's let's say um Kids' ability to create artwork, you know, to 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 develop creative channels in their lives. When you have adults then that that don't really um, have those creative outlets in their life, I feel like we're stifling the creativity of our young people, and we're developing adults that that don't really know what it means to be creative or to be artistic. And then we're having that we have this big right brain deficit in the world, and all the right brain traits are associated with other other right brain traits. So by by diminishing the the artistic output of an entire generation, we're not just diminishing the art the artistry. There's also compassion, openness, uh, you know, all the other right brain traits that factor into that. You know, do you do you see that being uh, a thing in the modern time, as far as just shutting out the creativity and bringing more of this materialism, more of the the straight lines and the like, for instance? How can we make a school as cheap as we can instead of let's make a beautiful school that kids will will learn and flourish in? Do you, do you ever Man. think about those kinds of associations? Uh,
0: of course I do, absolutely. Our our environmental architecture impacts our sense of self and our psychology and our sense of well-being massively. Studies have been done on this. When we're talking about societies and cities and in places of, uh, of of dense mass population, when they the moment they start integrating more green space, the moment they start integrating more art into the cities, the moment they start changing the structure, well being changes, health changes, physical health starts to shift and change as well. Uh, people become more social, less isolated. Of course, it does. Absolutely. I mean, it reminds me what you're saying of reminds me of um, Plato's allegory of the cave. You know. Um, which is, it, I suppose, it was more around knowledge and how knowledge is gained through perception and opinion, and that is limited compared to, you know, deeper philosophical reasoning. But it, it, it rings true to some degree, where if we're limited by our environment, we become that environment. If yep. we don't know any better, that's what we become. Yep. And children moving, you know, in a hypnagogic state from age zero to, or before, you know, pre-birth to. Age eight, say eight, eight, nine, ten. They're just sponges absorbing everything. As this is it. This is real. This is this is what life is. Yep. And so, man, that variety and that sacred geometry is is so. You mentioned sacred geometry. I mean, I'm full of my my body's full of sacred geometry in terms of my tattoos. I just you know?
1: noticed your tattoos the other day, by the way. Mm. That's that's awesome. Mm. I uh, I, I really want to commend you on some fucking awesome tattoos. I Thanks, I just bro. I just started getting some work the other day, and I thought it was funny. That we uh, I just noticed these tattoos that you've got. So I've got the Buddha here, and I've got the uh, the thoth, nice. you know, on, on the arm. And this I like is that. going to be a full sleeve. I found this really cool sacred geometry guy. Um, I had to wait nine months to get in with him, but he's uh... in Dallas. Yep. yep, good to
0: know because I'm thinking of getting my whole back done.
1: Okay, well I'll send you his his information. He's highly sought yeah. after. He's been on the cover of Texas Inc. magazine and stuff like that. He's cool. Yeah, he's a wonderful human being, and uh, he's got a very unique style that I saw your work, and I was like, holy shit, it's just another synchronicity, because I didn't even notice your tattoos till the other day. But anyway, the sacred geometry thing um, is something that you understand, because you, you put it on your body, and you understand that it has an impact on, uh, it has a resonance on your consciousness. JC, hand me that cymatics plate, please
0: you know not to get too esoteric or woo woo get um, esoteric dude this is yeah. a fucking esoteric
1: <laughs> podcast this is literally our tagline is all the funky <laughs> occult and esoteric shit you can think of go yeah.
0: so i was working with a a mentor and a coach a few months ago and she's also a dear dear friend she's fucking epic um and one of one of the 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 areas we started moving into were my tattoos that's awesome by the way that is fucking awesome i know what that is that is epic Love that.
1: Just wanted to show you that.
0: So good. And so one of the areas we moved into, she, she asked me, "I want you to start journeying into your tattoos. So sit in front of a mirror, stare at any aspect, part, portion, point of your tattoo, and just stay there. Just focus on it. Just like a f- eye, open eye focus meditation until mm-hmm. your eyes start to close. And then, man, I had some epic cosmic trips. I will just bam, like I'm on DMT, you know? And i, I was just
1: say, how many mushrooms <coughs> did you take before you did that?
0: no well none but that's what it was like you know like being on psilocybin just being on this epic dmt trip where i went into the cosmos and it was so beautiful man and what she was getting at was it was really it was a thing around you know uncovering layers of my own Mm self-worth and looking at who i am as a person in this world and what i actually have access to in terms of my gifts my intuitive gifts and and spiritual gifts, and and really exploiting them, for lack of a better term, or opening them up rather. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the access points. And and man, I look at my tattoos, and I'm very grateful because you know tattoos go one of three plate three ways: okay, really fucking good, or really fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, That's and fair. so I'm pretty blessed. I'm pretty blessed that um you know I'm towards the spectrum of the guy in Indonesia. My guy in Indonesia did an amazing job. Um, when I put this together and I put all the parts together, the vision I had, it came to me. I was very clean in my in myself and very at that time very clear, and it just came to me and it opened me up, you know. And and I'm very grateful to have really beautiful artwork. That's all old man. Not, nothing on me is. It's all sacred geometry. It's yeah. all um, ancient text or ancient wisdom. It's not mine. It's, they're not my shapes. It's right. it's it's just the the, the it's just, I suppose, the cosmos on my skin to some degree, you know.
1: Yeah, well, that stuff, like you know, that stuff all has a resonance, you know. And the reason, yes. the reason why I pulled out the uh, cymatics plate just a moment ago and and interrupted you, and people who just were listening and not seeing won't even know what the hell you were talking about. But, <laughs> um, but the reason I pulled that out is because th- we we play with this on the show. We we play that we we play with this in the studio. Uh, this is ten seventeen hertz, I think yeah so the other day was October 17th and we did a podcast so we, we put it on 1017 Hertz nice. frequency um, and just like sacred geometry has a resonance that impacts the consciousness sound everything is sound right and it, it, it all has an impact on your consciousness and so having sacred geometry on your body having um, I'm not telling people to go out and get tattoos right you go tat your whole body up but as a person who's only recently realized the importance of this stuff in the last few years, I definitely get why you would do it. And um, that's why I'm going and doing the same thing. So it's just important to put that good, good vibes into your body. And you're talking about staring into a tattoo and traveling into it with open eye meditation. Fucking totally yeah. get that too. Uh, another thing that you know, we started talking about before the podcast started, uh, speaking of resonance and positive resonance and all that stuff was music music, you know, so, um, you a music guy, you into music? Absolutely, man. Yeah.
0: Massively. I'm really into instrumental.
1: Mm.
0: I'm, I'm deep into it. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love you know music with, with verbiage and words and stuff, but I'm really into instrumental world music, different instruments, ancient instruments coming together. I, I mean, that, 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 that tickles me, man.
1: Is there anything that you could recommend that, uh, myself and the listeners and JC, we could... We could take away. Is there any, uh, anybody, any particular groups? Or you're just listening to such funky, weird, difficult to find yeah, stuff. I yeah, yeah, pr- pretty much. Um, I do that stuff. I'll Google Indian flute music and I'll just yes. like have yeah. that on my TV when I'm going around the house doing stuff on the weekends. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't tell you who's making that music, but I love it. You
0: know, you know what's cool? Listen to James Hood Mesmerica. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Lisa Gerard is beautiful as well um you know i honestly man i like i like some of the um like i like some of the old comp- older composers like han zimmer
1: mm. yep
0: um you know and, and especially the, the the hollywood stuff that he does man is is phenomenal in my yeah, opinion yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing um uh what's his name the guy that did uh, conan um basil Papaduras, brilliant composer as well
1: i can't believe you just said that name properly I mean, I assume yes, it was properly I'm said. Half Greek. I wouldn't fucking. I th- yeah, mean. I
0: think I think <laughs> I should be able to say it properly.
1: Um, I was going to say, yeah, you got to be Greek, right?
0: Yeah, half Greek, half Italian. Side note: Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. Fuck, what a movie! <laughs> <laughs> you can't at his best, man. At his best, just at his best.
1: I love it, man. I love it. He comes you... back
0: from death, starts ruling that sword, and starts practicing, getting ready for battle. Fuck,
1: Dude, are you? Did you ever watch Spartacus: The Stars Show?
0: No, I didn't. I'm, Was
1: fuck, it? I'm so bummed. Good? I'm so bummed. Yeah, it's a <sighs> bunch of Australian dudes and and Kiwis that were that did that show and a bunch of Maori guys. Yeah, so they're all down from your 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 neck of the woods, you know.
0: Okay, I'll have to have a look. Yeah, I guess
1: have... I'm not gonna go into it all that much because you didn't fucking watch <laughs> it. I just figured <laughs> well, like
0: the story of Spartacus. i watched it with kurt douglas <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's not australian so you know whatever I guess. no it's a, it's a good show you're talking about conan though and and i i think that you, you you would dig it it's uh it's a little campy at times but once you get past it it's a good show it's a fucking great show i love it you'd you like it
0: i will, I will watch it will yeah watch i'm
1: it. gonna show up at a sacred sun's convergence like totally decked out like spartacus
0: <laughs> i can't wait
1: uh so about the convergence you guys just wrapped up
0: yeah two weekends back to back
1: yeah yeah i was trying to get out there man i just the schedule was going crazy and i couldn't get it done but uh what what is that i want people to understand what a convergence looks like with sacred yeah. signs because it's a fucking magical looking thing i've never been but I've, I've really dug into it a lot and um what kind of stuff i know you guys do it's like meditation you do combo ceremonies you do uh, all kinds of shit Oh, we lost connection. On. Um, are we back on? Yep, we uh, yep, yeah, yeah, we're we're back on. You got me. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's breath work. There's there's um, there's p- pillar facilitation. So I'm a pillar facilitator. So I've, I've been with Sacred Sons for some time now. Where we, I am Sacred Sun. or we're we're in that together. Um, m- one of my roles is m- we have many roles. One of my roles is to to hold down a pillar and so my pillar is relationships and sex there's an emotional pillar, a pillar which is the deep shadow work that we do where we we go for hours on end literally into the evening into the night into the morning if we have to um, facilitating men and going through shadow work and giving them an opportunity to feel what it's like to experience release and freedom in their bodies um, there's you know there's breath work there's meditation there's life skills that we teach as well there's um, you know teaching men how to be um, better businessmen as well, um, if they have businesses. There's, there's all different types of workshops, you know, sexuality, relationships, um, uh, how to handle our, our intellectual selves. There's um, there's sound healings as well. There's cacao ceremonies. There is combo. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's cold plunging. There's movement. Um, there's connecting uh, in brotherhood, so, um, you know, community building,
1: Dude, those um, cold plunges look fucking gnarly. You know, yeah. I, I, you're doing those, right? You've done those personally. You've done the cold yes, plunges in fucking no. I, ice baths. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. Often, crazy. Yeah, yeah
1: for Dude, sure. One, one time, it's, my hot water went out at the house, and I didn't shower for two days. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, Sorry. man. No, I, I, uh, I discovered Wim Hof a couple years ago, and you know, led me into all these crazy people like you that do these ice plunges and everything. And, like, I, I, you know, like like every other, you know, person out there, I'm pretty, like, resilient to change when that change involves a certain threshold of discomfort. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, ice water on my balls. I'm out. <laughs> um, So... You know, I've got a, a, a nine year old kid. I've got two kids, uh, 13 and nine, but my nine year old is like a little, he's just like a little polar bear. You started young, bro. Oh, yeah, I know, I did. Yeah, um, right. Wasn't on purpose, brother. Uh, but I'm. I'm it was it was? No, it was not. It was not. But I'm, I'm just infinitely thankful for the life that yeah. I've led because of my yeah. kids, right? Talk yeah. about getting your shit together. Try being 21 years old, running a company, oh. and finding out that you're going to be a dad.
0: Wow. Uh, are you um, still, Are you still the mother of your children?
1: Uh we were married for 10 years and yeah. we're no longer together but I've been with the same girl now for 4 years so we met about 6 months after my divorce and uh you know I've got a great relationship with my kids mom she's amazing right. she's like a wonderful lady very smart successful mm-hmm. does well and um you know it's something I've talked about on the podcast is like the importance of co-parenting in, in a successful oh, yeah. way um you know and that's something that I, I feel so blessed when I talk to certain people uh, to hear their stories about their relationship with with their ex partner that they have kids with or something, it's like I'm really fortunate to have that. And you can foster that kind of relationship, but you got to have your own shit figured out first. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, I agree, man. And that's what that's another element we teach at Sacred Sons as well is is we you know stewardship of the earth and stewardship of our children. There's, mm-hmm. there's an element there for fathers as well. Um, this time around, we had an elder there. Um, not a not an indigenous elder, but an elder in the men's workspace, um, and and that was great. And I forgot to mention one of the pillars as well another pillar is the physical pillar as well that we have and and the cognitive pillar and this really just helps men transcend limitations and helps men connect to their bodies in a healthier way as well and start shifting shame and we do a lot of that in the sexual sexuality and relationships too and that's a that's i think that's a big part of it man we just come back to what you were you speaking on to jump around too much but that cope healthy co-parenting irrespective of the relationship relational dynamic between the two parents healthy co-parenting is again we just go back sort of full circle it's so imperative to the next generation and our future. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it's really inspiring, brother, that you have a a really connected homeostatic relationship with the the mother of your children and that you're able to really connect, communicate and get along, that's a really beautiful thing, man. And that, to me, tells me a shit ton about who you are as a man as well, as a human being.
1: No, man, I appreciate and, that yeah. very much, very much. Well, you know, something I've been really outspoken about um, on the show and on the platform because, you know, really, man, this whole thing is my journey in real time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This is just uh, this is a, a great big documentary on what a fuck-up I've been in my life and how much <laughs> I'm, I'm continually trying to lessen the degree of fuckery that is my life. I love um, that
0: word, man. Fuckery is, is honestly my favorite word.
1: <laughs> I figured fuck, it'd be cunt. <laughs> well, that
0: too. That's actually – I probably use that too often.
1: Yeah, well, that's too often. That's your first word as an Australian baby, I think.
0: <laughs> that, that, literally, that's the word that comes out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> it's like,
1: you got to be careful in it. the States with that shit.
0: I know, man. You but you know, when quick. you look at the, 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 um, the etymological meaning, the etymological root meaning of the word, it's actually in reverence for the female. Did you know that?
1: No, I'm. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I need you to go there. I need you to explain this and you yeah, take so as much time using, as you need.
0: I'm pretty sure it was um, the book that I was reading was Pussy. It was, uh, I can't remember her, the, the lady's name that authored it. But she was talking about, she was speaking to derogatory terms that we use, not only for women, but for each other in today's world. And she just gave some background and a historical analysis of the word cunt and where it came from and how it's been distorted over time. But it's actually a word that is in, that's in reverence for a female that, that's that's where obviously today that's not how to <laughs> necessarily use it clearly in australia you i'm use gonna it. try
1: that argument you know next time i just lose <laughs> it on some chick at the mall like gets in front of me at line and be like i was just showing you reverence you you know somebody's <laughs> gonna record man, that shit it's
0: like oh, i fucking love you cunt. and so that's how we that's how yeah, it that's is a, that's we, our love we language use it, we use it in every single way possible it's <laughs> Man, it's it's horrible, but at the same time, it's (laughs) pain within us. It's so difficult to shake sometimes. I I have to be careful because Christine says you're not going to use that word too much today, are you? We're with a lot of people; that don't really know us. So so yes, Christine, I've got it. Why do you have to be such a difficult cunt? (laughs) I'm teasing, Um, but but seriously, that's we just use it blase, man. It's it's not (sighs) anyway. Australian culture, it's so. I don't get started about Australian culture, but anyway.
1: I love it. I've never visited. I can't wait to. I grew up on the Crocodile Hunter. He's like my all-time hero. Oh, know. Mick Dundee. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. Steve oh, Irwin.
0: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. Irwin, yeah.
1: Crazy cunt. He was, <laughs> he,
0: he was man. He, he was,
1: was something, man. That dude was passionate about life, is what he was.
0: He was man. Passion- he was passionate about life. He was passionate about his vision and purpose for for bridging, you know, bridging our our, our ignorance around nature and yeah. the animal kingdom in the animal world and our environment and um you know he died doing what he really loves man and what what's here to to help people understand which is a beautiful thing
1: you know see i i grew up out in the country um out in the bush you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) do (laughs) do americans
0: know what bush is
1: yeah i don't know what what the the fucking the outback you know the outback yeah the outback outback. uh so i grew up i grew up out in the woods we had trees and and uh lakes and ponds and creeks and stuff and so i had like snakes and critters and you know all kinds of animals and stuff so the crocodile hunter to me was really just a guy who uh gave me a model an archetype so that when i went out into the woods i i i I had this sort of archetype to follow and so i get out there and i would be like all right now we're gonna shine the bright lights down into his eyes we're gonna jump in the water gonna dive down i'm gonna grab this bugger by his eyes we're gonna look, have a look right in his face. Look, he's a beauty! Woohoo! Just fucking <laughs> get hype, is. you know. There it is, Bye! <laughs> yeah, bam, wham, bam, just like that. Um, <laughs> so I get all hype about that man, and so, but it, it, what where I was going with that is that, like, um, I grew up in nature, yeah, right. I grew up in nature, and I loved that Stevo was a lover of nature. He was passionate about nature, and I didn't realize until you know. Uh, later on in my adult years, how important it is to have nature in your life because we are nature we come from nature, we come from from the earth however however woo woo or whatever that may sound come
0: from the ocean man I, I believe you, it's it 's not it 's not completely determined, but something potentially a meteorite hit the ocean. <laughs> the amoeba was was it generated heat somehow yeah life was formed singular cell life yeah. and from there it's spawned. we come from there we come from nature man. yeah i mean some yeah. might say we come from another planet and, and that's from the water true
1: yeah but there's, you know there's a rock there's band from dallas that. called the toadies and they have a song called i come from the water and it's talking about you know it is. crawling up on the land and it's if a really the toadies say
0: it, it it's true
1: it's obviously true it's obviously Clearly, true. the, the toadies say it 100% true, I'll send you that song too I got a lot of shit to there was, send you.
0: There, was a, there was a young guy, on, his name was Toadie And he was on an Australian soap opera Called Neighbors And it was very popular in the UK and Australia You should watch it, it's so shit Toadie was <laughs> his name, you call him Toadfish And Toadie just reminded me of him
1: That anyway, sounds like random. a class act man Sounds yeah. like some real A-roll shit yeah, yeah. Um, no no, no d-roll there man completely eh? so uh you know the, the nature is a, is is not just a it's not just a fucking backdrop for human life it's not just a backdrop in this urban landscape that we we most of us have come to inhabit and most people live in this urban uh setting right but nature uh, you know i had to explain this to my kids and, and we've spent the last you know several years um you know cultivating their relationship with nature in a big way so like we go do we do a lot of camping we have a uh we have a an rv a camper that we pull behind my truck and because uh, i'm in texas of course so- you
0: have a truck you're in fucking texas
1: <laughs> here we go here we it. go all you California, killing
0: the environment with your diesel and your fucking fuel you're an environmental terror <laughs> bitch
1: give it a year you're gonna have a truck too
0: of course i am <laughs>
1: That's another conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to tell the audience what we were talking about beforehand. You're about to move yeah. to Texas. <laughs> of course, I'm gonna... moving to Austin. Yeah. Austin, y'all. Yo. Yes. You're going to have a truck, Sorry. too. You're going to want to drive my truck. And then you're going to want one true. just like it. <laughs> uh, how else would you pull the camper, you know? It's true. So we take the camper out, you know, maybe once a month. We go up into the mountains, um, up into Oklahoma and Arkansas, the Ozark Mountains, the Wachita Mountains. How
0: long is that from you to drive there?
1: Two and a half hours.
0: How far would it be from
1: Austin, do you know? Another three and a half hours, depending on where you are in Austin. Five, like six hours. Well, but dude, um, down in Austin, you, though, you've got uh, a different kind of, of wilderness, a uh, different kind of outback down there because you mm. have – Austin is just on the border of what we call the hill country. Yeah, 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 so yeah. so, you know, the, it's – the only thing about Austin, though, is like you get a lot of Austinites out there. Like you, know, you have to go pretty far outside of Austin to get away from people – but as far as getting into the nature and seeing the rivers and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. I mean, 20 minutes outside of Austin, 10 minutes outside of Austin. Yeah. You know, you can get into the wilderness, but uh, we like to go where there's no people. And yeah. so we'll go do multi-day hikes. We'll, you know, take yeah, all of I our know. stuff up there, whatever. But um, and then we'll, we'll we take a two week road trip every summer. So like we went up to Yellowstone last year, um, yes. Grand Canyon the year before that. We went to Sedona this year. Um, you know, and we're always doing that kind of stuff and I've seen over the course of the last four years since we've really been doing this, this immersion, this whole different thing with nature, I've seen my kids, I've seen it in their behavior in their outlook, how that has impacted them, their reverence for nature and their understanding of their connection to it. And then when I see their friends, again, at 13, nine years old, respectively, um, there is a total disconnect of between the kids of today and their understanding of nature. It's just not there. Have you seen yeah, that? Have you thought about that at of all? Course. What do you think about uh, our connection to nature? That's
0: that's what part of that's what sacred sons means. It means that we're sons of Big Mama. We're sons of Mother Earth. That's what that's and we all are. We're children of this earth in many respects. And that's not woo woo and esoteric. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's really fundamental fact that right. we come from this earth in so many ways and i spoke earlier about the caring and carrying capacity of this earth the way we our relationship to mother earth to nature the way we extract and distribute and process resources it's not efficient it's not effective we're doing more damage than we can replenish it's happening too quick And that's human intervention because we're inefficient, and because largely we're in a monetary-based society and system that prioritises money, making money, and the profit motive over every other value. And that's a that's That's a disconnection, right? And so there's nothing wrong with money or making money. It's how it's used. It's how we you know when we start to want to maximise shareholder interest over say, the integrity of, of earth and land, that becomes a problem because it's a short-term view of society. And so in ancient cultures, we had rites of passage. We had very distinct, very clear rites of passage. that And part of that was connection to land and revering land, revering the great mother, revering big mama. Yep. We don't have that so much anymore. Yep. Now, in some schools, or let's just use the US as an example, in some schools um, – they, they depend on where they're geographically situated, they have um, curriculum, elements of curriculum that really do involve nature. And so the children in, in that society are blessed. But the moment that they're sort of thrown out into the big world, a lot of that is lost. We live in these concrete jungles. Again, yeah. nothing wrong with cities. It's the balance that we have, though, that it's is causing – yet massive distress in our lives. And we know that we're healthier physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, relationally when we're close to nature. Yeah. And we're starting to understand that more and more. My hope is that it's not too late. And what I mean by that is that when we look at life cycles and Earth life cycles, they're not political life cycles of fucking two and four year tenures. Right. We're talking thousands of year life cycles. So if we do damage, if we deplete our carbon sink right if we like rainforest and our coral reefs and so forth they don't just grow back the fucking next day yeah it doesn't work like that and so we have to be very mindful and and it begins with awareness and respect of where we are and so part of 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 masculine husbandry and and and, and stewarding the earth from a masculine pers- perspective is is stewarding it's Protection, yes, we are at a stage where we are coming from protection. We need to protect, but protect also implies um, there's fear around that. And if we come from fear, that can also mean that we come from uh, reaction and we come from erraticness. And so it's more about a stewarding now. It's a stewarding of earth with decisions that we're making because when we look at corporations, when we look at leaders and CEOs and so forth, and we look at politicians, the majority of leaders, politicians, corporations, they're full of men. Yeah. Now, again, this isn't to, to demonize men. It's not about that. It's about how we've lost ourselves as a society. And so we have a great responsibility and a great power. And what we choose to do with that now is super, super important. No, Not not to get over political, but building a fucking wall between the US and Mexico is not really a priority. It really isn't a priority in the grand yeah. scheme of things. It and it's be. not fucking necessary. And and I get who I'm, you know, I get you know Dallas. is, I mean, Dallas is quite Republican, right? Or Texas is quite Republican. Uh,
1: yeah, but most of our our listeners and viewers are from LA and New York, so yeah. Whatever, well, <laughs> I
0: don't give a fuck about politics. I don't <laughs> care about political correctness either. So go fuck yourself. Not yeah, you, no, okay.
1: yeah. You know, well, I'm that's that's kind of where we're at too. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> it, it, my what, what, JC, what did you say the other day about having a stance? My, what was it? My stance is that I don't have a stance. Yeah, I think that should be everybody's stance. <laughs> like, you know, the yeah. the, the whole just be open. The whole political machine is so fucked. The whole system is it's so, in- it's so it's so ingrained just- with corruption. It's so built to be manipulated by people yeah. by the last motherfuckers you want to give the keys to the to the vehicle. right yeah, of course. I do not I d I don't I don't believe in participating in that political machinery. I think that, you yeah. know, we need to be activists in a in a very different way. We need to yeah. to, to raise consciousness and activeness <clears> awareness. <throat> but dude, again one of the elements that you know some some listeners on on here have given me some heat for and again i don't give a fuck it's who i am and i'm authentic about it but you know i, I believe it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in war yeah, um, i love it and born and raised in texas you know um weapons and 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 uh you know tactical understanding or things that were just were bred into me from birth yeah you know yeah and
0: i can't wait to get to texas walk around in an american pair of of boxer shorts With a machine gun strapped to my back (laughs) because I can. Yeah. And I'm going to wear Crocs with socks because I can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can do that, man. You can come stay out (laughs) at the house. We're going to shoot (laughs) in our underwear with fucking Lucchese boots on.
0: (laughs) But seriously, when it comes, like, with respect to hunting, um, you you know, I know know people that hunt and they hunt with a great reverence for land and the animal. And that is great. They hunt for for food they hunt yeah. for connecting to earth connecting to land yeah. and that's how they they actually eat uh, you know that's not all they eat of course but and and to me i really resonate with that yeah. I, don't, I don't resonate with sport hunting that doesn't that doesn't do it for me um, but when i do get to texas i'm really interested in hunting and connecting my to, not with a gun i'd rather use a, a bow and arrow to be honest with you i just want to get a little bit more yeah. a bit more primal jc and um,
1: i just had this conversation the other day 100% yeah.
0: Yeah, and I want to, I want to connect to land and learn how to at greater levels learn how to you know skin an animal and and cut the animal up and store it and utilize every part of the animal and really be at one with that. And I think something, and I haven't done this to that extent. Um, you know I've been hunting before, but it was a long time ago. I was in a very different place mentally and and yeah. you know who I was as a person. And so, oh, I, I, that's something that I want to do. And as a as a man i just as a i, I want to
1: learn that skill yeah i uh i grew up hunting and some of it i um i look back i look back at it and i think man like i really that wasn't that wasn't a positive experience you know there was yeah. some some, some yeah. of the just the the, the um you know and we talk about this but like the the example that sat that set around the campfire yeah right between the elders and you know the, the the young brave you know what I mean it's what kind of example is being set what kind of conversations are being had
0: yeah well our examples now brother are, are media billboards uh, are politics are uh, um you know systemic and covert marketing yeah you know it, it, it's it's Hollywood, and, and this, isn't, this isn't to shame Hollywood in any capacity I, I love watching a good movie I'm really grateful for that level of entertainment it actually allows my mind to be free and super creative what I'm what I'm saying is that where the, so, our minds are so overstimulated and so infiltrated with not necessarily the healthiest of messages, yeah. that we then we go back to that again full circle of the conversation around environment and our environment impacting our consciousness and yeah. our sense of self and awareness. That's a problem, man, because it's it's a problem because it's breeding deficit. It's breeding it's breeding um, uh, despondency. Yeah, it, it's it's breeding distance amongst people and isolation, and it's and it's breeding desperation essentially yeah. as well. well and, I and, think
1: yeah, desperation. You know, we, uh, scarcity. You know, yeah. Scarcity. Uh, getting to next. Yeah. Yeah. My thirteen-year-old is uh, is just a little wizard in his own mind, and he's just an amazing kid. And we were driving down the road the other day, and he does this kind of shit. Like he'll just pop up out of nowhere and just have a fucking zinger, and he was like, "I thought you were asleep over there. What the fuck? But he popped. <laughs> he popped up." Out of nowhere, I swear to God, we're driving down the road. We're fucking looking at cows. We're doing whatever the fuck, you know, and we're just talking about whatever. And he just pops up and he goes, Hey, 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 dad. Uh, Hey, dad. I'm like, What is it, man? He goes, Hey, I was just thinking like the seven deadly sins, like greed, lust, envy, all that, they all come from a feeling of scarcity. And I
0: went, Moth truck, bro.
1: I thought you were asleep. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) he's 13. he's, He's like almost six foot tall he's wow. uh he's just he he sleeps and he eats and he grows and that's all he does <laughs> and then every once in a while he pops up with some fucking thousand year old wisdom right he's the dalai lama in a 13 year old body but uh, so you
0: have so you have buddhist monks knocking on your door it's time We're it's time he's, <laughs> like, he's the next
1: <laughs> yeah he's 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 the one both both of my kids are, are, are beautiful and, and, and intelligent and enlightened and, um we did a podcast where a couple of years back where they uh they broke down the truth and the balance of the symbolism within Pokemon. And oh, I love that uncoached right. They brought it to me. Epic. They were like, "Hey, Dad, we were watching Pokemon and all of these all these concepts that we talk about in here in, in the house: the truth love and balance, the masculine, the feminine." The, and they just they we did a whole podcast on the. It's on the YouTube channel. And it's like two or three years old now. And their little voices—they're just explaining the light and the dark and how all these things play out together—and I was so fucking proud. I was like, "Guys, can we please? It, record, can we record this and put this on YouTube?" So, um, anyway, he popped up with that, and so you know, I'm constantly learning from my kids. And um, and he said, you know, all the seven deadly sins—they come from uh, a feeling of scarcity. And hmm. uh, my my friend Robert Grant did a uh, uh, a TED talk, and he he the. the the name of the Ted talk was beautiful minds are free from fear. And what he did in this Ted talk was he talked about how to overcome fear by, by imposing a sense of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's sort of my view that you can either, you can either operate from a place of, of abundance or Mm -hmm. a place of, I got you on that, uh, a place of abundance or a place of scarcity. Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. Man.
1: You know, and it sounds like that's sort of what you're saying is that we people are being conditioned to feel like they don't have enough. They need to be more. They need to be better. They need to have, you know, more of this kind of thing. And I think that that's I know we're kind of we're kind of run running close on time, which I'm so thankful that we had the time that we did. Likewise. Uh, We'll damn sure do this again. And yeah, uh, maybe next time we do it, it'll be in person. That'd be awesome. You know what I mean? When are you coming to Austin? So we're
0: not completely sure. so we've purchased the home. It's a bit of a, a story, a great sure. story, and very blessed. But I'm I'm feeling March, April, we'll have access to the home. Yeah. It could be anywhere up to October, but that's doubt, very yeah. doubtful. And the reality is, we'll probably um move to Austin then anyway. Um, be- well before then, before yeah. we move into our house, and we'll stay with, you know, we'll work it out where we're going to stay. It's not it's not difficult. Yeah. So we're going to we, do we one of these.
1: yeah we're gonna do one of these in person whether we come to san diego uh before then or Mm. we catch Mm. up in next spring we'll catch up before next spring yeah yeah no i I appreciate your time very much man very much Uh, uh, yeah keep keep doing what you're doing what else do what else do you got for me drops drop some nuggets on me what do you see in the world that needs to be adjusted if stefanos had his way and we could we could twiddle the knobs just a little bit and make the world a better place where would he start
0: you know as a kid man because our dr john d martini says very clearly our voids often become our values mm. so we missed Ooh. out on, the, yeah it's fucking powerful drop, JC, drop that shit, man yeah our voids become our values
1: our voids become our values
0: yeah and so for me i felt very isolated as a kid i didn't feel understood i felt very alone and so what are some of my highest values now human connection man tribe you know it's yeah. a g- you know it just goes to figure right and so when I was a kid, I was about five, six years old. I wanted to be the UN Secretary General because I looked at yeah, cause I looked at the world and I thought, you know, there's so much famine. You know, my my family life is really hard. Kids are dying. There's disease. There's all this stuff, right? Because my, my, my dad, my parents would watch the news a lot, so I was exposed to a lot of this: is violence and war and famine and disease and all this shit. So like, why does this, this doesn't have to happen? If I'm the UN Secretary General, I'm the leader of the world. I can fix this stuff, you know? Like, yeah. Quickly understood that geopolitically the UN wasn't what I what I thought it was. Not that it's it's just a different beast,
1: right? Sure, yeah.
0: And so I looked at all that and I thought to myself, what, you know, as an as an adult now, what what do I want? What do I want to really give the world? And for me, man, freedom has been a big part of my journey, and I've lived a lot of my life um, in scarcity of freedom, perceiving that freedom doesn't exist, and so I've behaved and acted in a way that has really Taken away my freedom, although I thought it was giving me freedom. Yeah. So, for example, you know, high, high amounts of, of, and that's a relative term, but infidelity and unfaithfulness and, and coming from scarcity. And it's not that, oh, I'm only going to be with one woman for the rest of my life, but just coming face to face with deep intimacy and emotions, I, I felt constricted and almost like I was being annihilated and my freedom was taken away from me. And so I would be with other women instead of taking cocaine or. Or I was alcohol was at the beginning, but then I stopped that after a few years. But instead of that, you know, drugs and alcohol and TV, it was me. My release was I oh, be with more women and, and experience yeah. that. But it's very distorted. And so when you ask me that question, what I want to give the world, I want to give the world freedom man, a sense of freedom. So, they, so we as a society, collective and individuals, stop coming from scarcity, right? And we stop those seven, those quote unquote seven deadly sins. <clears throat> We don't need to think that we don't have enough and that we are not enough. Yep. The, biggest, the greatest gifts I have, man, that I experience that is given to me is when I see people unwind their stories and they, say, they see themselves for the first time and they realize that they're enough and that they're not wrong yep. and they needn't come from scarcity anymore. They needn't come from massive amounts of fear. And so the gift that I'd love to give the world is just not to come from fear anymore not to come from that fear of missing out, that you're, you're this perfection bundled up in your expression. And that's a really beautiful thing. And just accepting that. And, we, you know, we acceptance gets a bad rap, man. You know, acceptance is almost synonymous with vulnerability, a little bit different, but there's, there's a rawness there. And we perceive vulnerability as a weakness. And, you know, Bray Brown really shines a lot of light to this. I've done a lot of work with Special Forces guys as well. And the truth of it is, they live in in vulnerability and acceptance almost every time. And yeah. I would say they're pretty tough and courageous people. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, I don't, I would, I know that. I've done deep work with them, right? And so, we look at that. We look at what's required to be vulnerable and accept. And there's tremendous courage in that. And so, when people start to accept their past. What it's actually doing is it's giving them an opportunity to be free because it it gives them permission to stop complaining about the past. They stop living in the past. They stop bringing their past into the present unknowingly, and they're able to live in, the re- in real time, not being triggered, doing their work, healing their wounds, dealing with the shit that comes up, knowing that it's impermanent, finding support, accepting, gives us permission to stop complaining. And we keep complaining. Well, all we're doing is complaining about the past, and we keep bringing that reality into our present. And so for me, man, what I want to give the world is that, that freedom, that, that see themselves as they truly are and unwind those stories and say, wow, I'm enough. I really am. Um,
1: we, are, we are born nothing but abundance. And uh, all the obstacles that we perceive are really the ones that we put in our own way. Yeah, yeah. You know? and
0: actually, yeah. And they're actually opportunities to just see our abundant nature at a deeper level, deeper and deeper and deeper.
1: I fucking love it, man this has been a blast Stephanos. thank you so much man i'm gonna send you off with a blessing um just just to to tell you thank you so much mm-hmm. for for this and i can't wait to do it again i've enjoyed the shit out of this i was looking forward to this uh since, since we first had this conversation and it was uh even better than i could have imagined so i'm gonna send you off man so may the light be upon you may peace be within you and may you be a sun on the paths of all men peace thank out you, bro. brother thank you so much Man, that's the end of the podcast. There you go.